0: Big news! Today on the podcast, we have the editor-in-chief of Canis Hoopus.
1: Wait, why are we having an editor as our guest?
0: Well, to make a long story short... <music> Welcome to episode 149 of Wolvescast, the show that is as indestructible as Nas Reid. It's hosted by myself and my brother. I'm Neil. I'm Scott. Welcome to a very special episode of Wolves Cast, everybody.
1: That's right. Our stock price is going up, everybody. Get Wait. in before the squeeze.
0: Going way, 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 can't way, way. Yeah, this
1: podcast.
0: That's right. Sorry, Robin Hood, or whatever the app is. You can't stop us. We're still doing a show. And uh, you know, it's it's a it's a very special time of the year. We have hit the we have hit the quarter mark. We are 25% of the way. Through the NBA season, through the through the Timberwolves season, through the regular season anyway. Um so, you know, we, we wanted to do or something a little different.
1: Maybe we're halfway there and the season gets shut down with COVID. Who knows? Maybe we're seventy five percent of the way through this season.
0: No one can really say for sure. Maybe maybe we're only fifteen percent of the way through the season because the Wolves are gonna make a deep playoff run.
1: Ooh, I like the I like hearing that. So yeah, as far <laughs> as we know, we're roughly a quarter of the way through the planned games, but
0: Yeah. Yeah. Don't take our word for that. We'll see where the rest of this thing goes. But yeah, today we want to do something a little bit different to commemorate the occasion and just to mix things up. You know what I mean? We got to we got to keep things fresh for you. And we like to bring on some different voices.
1: It always helps to cast. suck up to the boss a little bit, right?
0: Absolutely, we have to. We have to do that. You know, we've had uh, we've had John Meyer on many, many times in the past, but today we bring to you uh, the newest editor in chief of Canis Hoopis. Uh Please uh, welcome to the show, Kyle Tige. Kyle, am I saying your name right? Kyle Tige.
2: Yeah, that's great. That's the I first time it. anyone's ever gotten it right on a podcast. So I nailed I appreciate
0: it. it. Welcome to the show, Kyle. <laughs>
2: How's it going, guys? Thanks for having me on.
0: We're doing fantastic. Appreciate you being here. Congratulations on being uh, the, the editor of Canis Hoopus. How does it feel to be the, to be the editor of Canis Hoopus? One of the most you know illustrious and, and incredible websites in all of the internet.
1: It's easily the SB Nation blog I visit the most.
2: <laughs> I appreciate it. No, it's it's good. Like we were talking offline, um, it's it's all about who contributes for us, you know, in the community. So we have just countless really strong writers that can either make you laugh really hard during a sad moment or really break something down analytically and use film and use advanced stats. And then there's just me who likes to just make, like I said, make jokes and get some tweets off. So it's it's been really great. We have great podcasts like this one and when Jake Painting's uh, Paint Points. So it's great, man. It just it, It's cool to make relationships with people that have the same you know, sad interest in a in a franchise as as you do. So it's it's about the friendships that were made along the way. Being a Timberwolves fan is a deeply
1: bonding experience because right, you know exactly. it's something that you can't it can't really explain unless you've gone
2: through it. Right, exactly. That's a good way to put it
0: yeah and and I think uh yeah it's it, it, like you said it brings people together. There's a couple of us out there who you know we're we're impervious to to all this losing and to all this badness, like it's just like normal times for us, so that's that's how you know that uh that you belong over there in canisups whether whether you're contributing or just commenting it's it's a family in that kind of way of like similar
2: pain happening, i guess, yeah, exactly, it's like a therapy session so.
0: <laughs> nice and uh kyle is uh, kyle you're, you grew up in uh, north dakota in the grand forks area and uh, now you're out there in portland so uh you, you know you have a, a little different i think most folks who are in kansas or at least contributing or anything like that are like fr- you know properly from minnesota but i think it's interesting that you know you're, you're from the greater midwest you're from uh, north dakota but i don't know what, what was that like sort of you know growing up and, and and watching the wolves from afar from from many many miles away
2: um, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously North Dakota kid, um, big Timberwolves fan growing up. Uh, obviously the first one that comes to mind that I can remember at 32 years old is Kevin Garnett. Mm-hmm. So getting to go to games with my dad, getting to go to a, you know, a playoff game here and there. Um, and then in college, when I was uh, actually going to grad school, I also went to grad school in North Dakota. Uh, I interned with the Minnesota Lynx and the Minnesota Timberwolves, Um uh, mostly with the Lynx actually. Um, and just, you know, it's kind of like a dream come true. get to see, Everything on the inside, um, and then soon after that, I chased my fiance out to Oregon, um, and it was kind of lonely. I mean, I didn't moved a brand new spot, didn't have any friends um, out here. So I've always been a canis guy, and I reached out to John Meyer at the time and got connected, and kind of just like it's been five years now. And you just kind of like open your eyes one day, and you're I don't know the site manager running the running the site from the first time I wrote a. Took me like four days to write an article on Brandon Rush, and if he was the three and D guy the team needed, so just to see how far we've yeah. come has been cool. But more so, just seeing the people that have come through and they've taken off and you know gotten into the industry, or you know like Dane Moore doing beat writer stuff, and um, or just seeing like all the new people. That, I mean, Jake Painting is one of the you guys know Jake, one of the best writers we have, and he lives in Australia and he has to stay up late at night. All the time, or early mornings to watch the team. So it's just it's just cool that, like you said earlier, just to connect with people that have the same interests as you. Um, and it's also therapeutic sometimes because you can kind of bounce bounce your sad thoughts off one another. But but when they win, man, it's 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 the best feeling in the world. I have it's it's so much fun to engage with people online and to make content. And um, I wouldn't I wouldn't have it any other way. Even I mean, I guess I would have it them be like eleven and four <laughs> instead of four and eleven. But other yep. than that, it's it's been really fun.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. No, that's uh, that's great. Yeah, no, know Jake's special. I mean, that's that's real dedication. Yeah, you, you thought We're, it
1: was weird that someone from North Dakota was a fan. So yeah, someone right. From exactly. Australia. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Although we got his origin story when we had him on the pod last summer. That's right. About he was over here for a little bit. Yeah. That's when he became a fan of the team. But uh, so you would come from North Dakota to watch a game? Would you like stay overnight in the city, or would that just be a really long road trip for you?
2: Uh, you know, I was such a I was a kid. Now I, I remember we stayed at a couple just like really rinky-dink hotels because again yes. I'm probably. That was probably twenty years ago at the time. But um yeah. but we had a couple nights where it doesn't make any sense now and it's actually I'm questioning my dad's antics, but we would just, <laughs> you know, drive down after we'd get out early, like at noon, drive down to Minneapolis, and go to the game, and then I would sleep on the way back and my dad would just pound coffee. But um we definitely <laughs> I can think of at least three different times where we drove home after a game and they were winning. So I mean, it was fun to yeah. talk about until I passed out at like Alexandria. Um, but yeah, no, that those were uh, those were like fond memories, and that's kind of why I'll, my attachment to them is between when I was a child and also my dad. Like, I'll, the wolves can never break me. They're trying hard this season, <laughs> but they'll never be able to break me. So.
0: Yeah, no, that's great. That's that's some bonding. That's some bonding stuff right there. That's incredible. That's uh, that's cool. Shout out to Dad for uh, doing those long <laughs> that'd long be means. If, yeah. if
1: I live further away, I'm going to do that with my children. Because yeah. come on, I don't go to bed before three a.m. anyways. So might as well spend it on the road. <laughs>
0: yeah and it's like funny to think about it now like obviously like teams so bad and everything but like at the time you know again in those sort of early 2000s KG eras it was like oh yeah they're one of the best teams in the league we gotta go see them yeah. or, or at least you know and again it's always about like two who, who else is playing you know to think about you know seeing like Allen Iverson or like you know Kobe and Shaq and like I don't know I always say that like you know Timber, as Timberwolves fans you you gain this appreciation for the entire league because you know your team isn't that good so you just Kind of got to watch other teams a little bit, or maybe that's the reason why you're excited to go to Target Center and stuff. So, that as much as anything is such a big draw. So, I don't know, That's just so cool your dad was bringing you to the games. So. I mean, that's
1: what we would joke around about when I got done with college. I was so broke, and yet we could still afford like lower level tickets or sneak down, obviously, a lot. Yeah. And we would just get like you know lower bowl viewings of LeBron James and stuff during these terrible years for the Wolves, but just like a great time for a broke kid to be a fan, you know, because <laughs> it was yeah, they
2: had those college nights where you could get in for yeah. like five dollars, and then, yeah. like you said, you just S- slowly move down to a lower bowl and oh, yeah. it was it was great it was I mean especially when like that was a different time but like out here in Portland um the team has more success but it's also they don't have a football team they don't have a baseball team so like you can't get into a a, a Hornets game for under like $250 so those uh, were the good old days for real when you could just get in for 5 bucks maybe get a beer maybe get a hot dog spend like $12 total and watch LeBron or you know watch a young Kobe or something so. Oh yeah
0: yeah, totally. That, that's that's awesome. Well, yeah, and now, and now you're the editor in chief. You've you you've, you've uh, risen all the way up. Your dad is probably proud of you now. Your dad probably <laughs> takes ownership of a lot of yeah, that. Yeah, my now.
2: my mom and dad definitely. Uh, this is like weird, but my mom's like reads all my articles and like. Aww. early on, I had to be like, hey, you know, just for better or worse, when I was a younger, like just stay out of the comments. You don't need to read what people say. Um, But yeah, my mom and dad still, I don't know if they have accounts or what, but they still frequent Canis too, so shout out to mom and dad. I love
1: that they probably know a lot about Brandon Rush as well, you know, like (laughs) probably know more than most of our followers or listeners, you know. He was uh, the final Jeopardy trivia question this year, you know, a player who had won an NBA championship and NCAA championship. Yeah, former
0: Wolf who's won both NBA and NCAA. NCAA.
1: He was was Brandon Rush, Corey Brewer, and the third one, I don't remember. Yeah,
0: Yeah. Oh,
2: Wow. That's cr- I totally forgot that he won. That's right, he won a he won a national title at Kansas. That's crazy.
0: Yep, he's one of them uh well yeah so today on the show we're doing a little different um stuff here where uh we're just gonna we're kind of gonna run down the first quarter of this season so
1: yeah we're gonna skip week recap but here it is in our sentence we're still bad we're still bad
0: still still bad bad. (laughs) yeah yeah so uh we're gonna start off with all the bad stuff that happened this year and then we'll get into uh the 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 scraps of good things that have happened and then we're gonna look to the future a little bit so we'll kind of we'll kind of go in that order but we have to start with uh you know just just a general you know disappointment that that has been this season
1: it's it's the Timberwolves so we're going to start with the bad and then we'll see if we have time for the good exactly exactly
0: (laughs) so I don't know if I were if I had to describe this season um to somebody um who like maybe wasn't watching or whatever I I think I would lead with Carl Towns has missed 13 of 17 games like the team's best player essentially has not played I think that's like the main place to start and uh you know so so from there it kind of unspools where it's like yeah they're four They're four and thirteen. They have the worst record in the West. They have the third uh, worst uh, record in the whole NBA right now. Uh, They're the third worst uh, win percentage in the league. Uh, They're thirtieth in offense, twenty seventh in defense, which gives them the thirtieth net rating. So they're they're at the very very bottom of the league. Like the first quarter of this season, like basically could not have gone any worse. And I think it's just got to start with Carl Towns not playing, right, Kyle? I mean, that's. That's like, the, that's like the big headline from what how this early part of the season has transpired.
2: Yeah, I think it all, oh, as it does on the court, it all starts and ends with Carl. Um, and, you know, sports, sports are cyclical, right? Like every year you get, it, it, you're not a fan of a team if you don't get those four to six week highs right before the season starts. So training camp comes around, and you're starting to get amped. Um, and that was amplified this year because of the extended absence from the team. Um, due to the pandemic, so I think everyone was really excited. You know, we spent seven or eight months writing the same thing about how Carl and D'Angelo Russell played one game together against the Raptors, and we all watched it front and backwards. um So I think we were <laughs> excited, right? And then you throw in the whole 2021 draft situation with the pick and stuff, and you're kind of like, okay, cool. We have some expectations. We're, we're ready to go. um They kind of sneak out a win against the Pistons, which was it's fine. It's night one. Um, then they stun everyone and they're 2-0 against the Jazz and you're amped. But then you're also, as a Timberwolves fan, which is classic, you instantly like, well, we're excited. But did Carl break his wrist? Is it the same wrist? <laughs> is it the same injury? Um, and then from there, it just kind of went downhill. And then, you know, as a fan, it sucks. But then as a person with what Carl's had to go through with COVID and stuff, I think even today he was doing a Q&A on Instagram. And he, I think he mentioned that he also got hit by a car. In 2020, like a, a, drunk a drunk driver, driver um, in LA, I don't know if and it meant, was in the hospital in, uh, and had to rehab in his car or what. But I, the, the dude's been through a lot. He's a he's an ambassador for I think the team and the city. Um, and it, like you said, it's it it's miserable, right? Because they're four and thirteen, and you're you are what your record are, is. You don't get free passes. You don't get excuses. But um, but I think you do have to put a big asterisk by it and say that the heart and soul and the best player on the team has just not been there and. That's kind of what you cling to if you're looking for brighter skies going forward.
1: Well, it's also tough because it's not just that they're 4-13. and 13. That's their real-world record. Mm-hmm. Usually Timberwolves fans have a few moral victories to go off of <laughs> to make us feel better here and there, but not not even any moral victories this season. It's mostly been a garbage-time season because we're blown out of these games. I mean, we're losing these games by 10, 15, 20 points, and uh, so there's not even too many of those uh, feel-good moral victories that we usually kind of keep us going through the season.
0: Yeah, yeah, th- th- for sure. <laughs> it's 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 been rough sledding absolutely um, so yeah I mean we've talked you know in, in a number of shows kind of it's it's hard there's a lot of blame to go around right there's you know I feel like every party in this whether it's the coach whether it's the roster construction from the GM or just some disappointments with the players like there's blame to go around all the way it's not just that Carls missed time like there's a lot of different things we can point to as far as you know why this is why this has gone so so poorly but I don't know, Kyle. What do you think about you know sort of when you look at you know these first these uh, these first seventeen games, this first quarter? Like, what are you most disappointed about? I guess other than Carl, you know, sort of being hurt and then getting COVID. Like, what else comes to mind when you think about like the bummer <laughs> that has been this season? What, what, what stands out most after the best player not playing?
2: I it, this this has been the toughest thing to wrap my head around because. To me, and again, I'm not as analytically driven as a lot of the people who write and comment at Canis, but like, even from an eye test perspective, it's just, it, it's hard to see what Ryan Saunders is doing. Um, and mm-hmm. I like Ryan. I've gotten, you know, through through this position I'm in, I get to attend Zoom media availability and you get to kind of, Dane had talked about this on his podcast, but you get to kind of create a relationship with someone. I mean, Ryan knows my name. I'm not friends with him, but you, you get the personal side of and He's a great guy. But on the court, I don't see a plan. Like, I don't, you know, one of the things I've been harping on is, like, if you're a players coach, like, what does that term mean? And it should mean that you're getting the most out of your players, right? Like, I don't think Tom Thibodeau was ever considered a players coach. So if you're a players coach like Ryan is, um, you're not seeing the players get the most out of themselves. You're not seeing Jarrett Culver develop at the rate that he should because Ryan's, you know, behind the scenes, telling him like, "Hey, you know, you got this. I trust you," um, and that that's been the biggest thing for me. And as as you know, one of the things we harped on all twenty twenty was that they're the youngest roster in the league. Um, and youth doesn't win in the NBA; it just it doesn't. But you also paired that with the youngest coach in the league in Ryan, um, which is a, which is a fun experiment. But I think sometimes with Ryan, and then I pivot into this whole. I have, you know, two degrees in management, and I'm a I'm a people person type thing. But like, I just don't think Ryan manages well. Like, I think sometimes I see Ryan almost going Zen Master Phil Jackson of like trying to let his young pups figure it out on their own. And that's when you, even last night against the Warriors, that's when you see them. I don't think any team in the league has had given up more 12-2 runs or fourteen four runs, hmm. and those are the runs that just kill you. So. You know, it's it, it's not all on Ryan, it's not all on on Gers. it's not all on the players, but someone is going to fall on the sword at some point because if you, you know, I'm optimistic still that Carl comes back and they string together some wins, but if they don't, I mean if you're, not a lot of teams keep their keep their coach if they're five and twenty-two, um, and if that's if that's where this spirals to, um, I think it's got to be Ryan because I don't see, I don't see offensive plans, I don't see like a lot of movement, I just see a lot of guys that don't know their role and that inevitably falls on the coach what do you guys think
1: well it's you know kind of the joke that we make on this podcast pretty frequently is that every player looks worse when they come here or every player looks better (laughs) once they leave here i mean we saw andrew wiggins twice this past week and obviously playing with guys like steph curry and draymond green make it a lot easier for him to a more limited role but it's also just like Yeah, I'm not surprised he's playing better there. They have a great coaching system, like the whole not just Steve Kerr, but like that's a championship quality organization. They develop their players. And you were hoping that, like, even if Ryan is a bad, you know, coach here, maybe the development of the players would still be good. And there's little success stories, you know, like Nas Reed and stuff, but on the big ones, on the guys that you need to have at work, we just, we frankly do not see a lot of development here. And so. That was one of those things where I was really hoping that Rosas would change things, and it's really early. Like I said, the way he's handled the Iowa Wolves, I think, is one of his greatest achievements because all the Iowa Wolves guys are coming up and carrying us, you know, with Nas and Vanderbilt and all these guys. are J-Mac. And J-Mac yeah, they're playing their hearts out, and they're doing great. So, like, that's a small success story, but you, you see stuff, and I don't know what's going on with Ricky, but he's was good in other places for the past three years. And he comes back and it looks like he forgot how to play basketball again. Is that like Ricky's fault. Is it the coaching staff? I don't know, but it's just another instance of like, it's like you're saying, like it's a failure at every level, which is kind of one of the things that takes the wind out of your sails. Like if, if it were just like well, the GM who is bad or the coach who is bad, that'd be one thing or just a couple of players who are bad. But like for all of them to be failing across the board is what's like, Oh, there's not even like really a good thing we can hang our hat on. Let's, let's talk about Nas Reed, You know, yeah. <laughs> like let's just, just focus on
2: him because yeah. we love him. <laughs> I was just gonna say yeah, and you know, one of the things too is like, I think we're all people, 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 persons,
0: <laughs> people, persons, uh, plural.
2: But um, <laughs> w- w- with Ryan is like, I, I, he puts off you know suits right, like his nickname, yeah. he fresh shoes, like always dressed well. Like, I think he just puts off a cool vibe, and I get that. But again, it kind of comes back to like I don't know. I coach youth soccer for eight years. Like <laughs> I think sometimes he's so loose and so chill or so empowering to his players that like you know not to nitpick but like we had the whole situation with some of these historically blown leads where he's you know walking into the locker room with egg on his face and he's got two timeouts in his pocket and it's like if you're coaching the youngest team in the league and you're the youngest coach in the league especially now in this season there was a good article out today about how like none of these teams can practice They like, no practices at all Tibbs would be rolling over in his grave like you got to be able to <laughs> use every second you can on that court to teach because yeah. that's what a coach is, is a teacher. And I don't think Ryan is teaching. And I don't know if he's starting to sweat and feel it, but he's just, you you, you got to find those opportunities. Like it's okay to call a timeout after every second possession in the last minute of a game because you want to micromanage. And that's kind of, like I said, I don't understand the X's and O's as much in, in analytics, but I, I understand people and I understand being a teacher. And I, I just don't think Ryan's been good at that right now. And that's kind of like, if he can't do that, and you know he doesn't have 30 years of X and O experience, then, you know, like you said, maybe Gers has kind of got to pull the trigger and, and bring in a fresh face.
1: Yeah, yeah. I
0: was just going to say, I mean, with, with Ryan too and the, the people person thing, it's like, yeah, it's great. You're relating to these guys. And, but to your point, Kyle, it's like if you're a, if you're a player's coach, that means that you're getting your guys to go above and beyond for you. That they're like going to bat. That they are like fine, They're digging down deep within themselves to say like, this is hard, or maybe I don't even want to do this, but I'm going to do it because I love this guy who's coaching me right now, and this is what he's asking for me. And we're just not seeing that. And and beyond that, it's like also a development story. And it's like the best teams in this league. Um, if you want to have long term de- um, uh, long term success, uh, you have to develop young guys. You think about the Miami Heat. You think about the San Antonio spurs these are teams that find young guys and they coach them up and they develop them up and they just gain skills over the years and suddenly boom they're they're in the playoffs and stuff so and you know we we like to think that that's a it's a new day here in Minnesota with the Rosas regime and maybe that's still coming maybe it's something that takes 3 years or something like that and we're just being impatient but you would have liked to have seen some inklings and some you know little uh, details here and there where it's like oh yeah I can see where the development is happening here and it's just really hard to kind of see if, Whether it's Ryan or just the greater staff That like that stuff's not happening
1: yeah, and I've worked many jobs in my life. I've had times where I've <laughs> had bosses who were my friends and yeah. we didn't get a lot done, but man, we had a great time at work. I loved coming <laughs> to work every day. I had a great time and I didn't complain. And then I've had bosses who were not my friends, but they got a lot more out of us and stuff like that. So it's one of those questions like, do we want D'Angelo Russell to be happy or do we want him to have wins? Maybe that'll make him happy that way. But it, it was funny, you know, hearing Andrew talk this last week, he's saying good things about Tibbs and we were like, oh, <laughs> at the time we thought you you didn't like Tibbs because you're you're, you're kind of a sensitive guy and he's screaming at you but apparently you know he remembers it it. yeah Yeah. and why not it was wins you know he's getting wins out there so it's interesting i think we all agree though that the failure is on at every level but like you said uh kyle that Who's going to fall on the sword first? It's it's the easiest to cut the coach. He's the easiest one to blame. He's he'll, he will be the first one to take the fall, and it's really hard to see any ex- any kind of pathway where he keeps his job very much longer. But I think you know what's interesting about the construction of this team is just that I mean last year it was Rosas built a t- built a team that did not fit the style of play he wanted. So we had you know Trevion Graham, we're taking the third most threes in the game, but making like the twentieth most in the league because we just had guys who were shooting who had no right to be shooting that much. Yeah. And this year he built a team that is meant to be it's a it's a sports car that only Carl Anthony Towns can drive. And unfortunately, he hasn't been around. So it's a team that works in theory if you have Towns there, but if you take out Towns, then all of a sudden we have no front court and the back court guys are screwed because then there's no there's no floor balance. It's not like previous years where Carl would be down and then Gorgie could pop in for a few games and do a passable job you know it used to be more of like a Batman and Robin kind of thing where you know it's Towns and Wiggins or something but this team mm-hmm. was just built to operate with Towns in there and they had no backup plan for if Towns missed time and unfortunately Towns has missed pretty much all the time yeah
2: and, yeah, that's, and that's, that's and that's that's where the again when, when you're four and four and eleven or four and thirteen like when you're when you're this bad it's impossible to put it all on someone right so like Ricky's been terrible and Ryan's been really bad and but Rosas is starting I think in the last 10 days starting to feel a little smoke too but um I think the thing that I just come back to is like just this this inability to to pivot right because like yeah like you were just saying they were they were an iPhone that could only be unlocked by Carl's face and without (laughs) Carl's face ID like it the phone was might as well just use it as a coaster so and that's what the Wolves have been for the league right now is a coaster um but yeah, like you know, Gers had a plan, and I still believe in him because I think if you just look at all of his transactions and look at what he inherited to what he has now, I, I am a believer, I do trust the process, but um but on the same side, you know, they there's a lot of times where you could see him trying to go square peg round hole um with how they wanted to play, you know, five five out, and now we're starting to see that some of the one of the best players this year, which is good and great, but also kind of sad, right, is, is Jared Vanderbilt. Like, he's been awesome, but he just turned 21, and he's really raw. And he doesn't play this type of basketball that Rosas talked about two years ago when he took over. Like, he's not a floor spacer. He's gritty. He plays defense. Um, and, and, and credit to Gers, he, he found him. He threw him in a little trade that everyone was like, oh, is that just a, a cap filler? It's like, no, that guy might be the starting power forward for the Timberwolves. But – um, but I just haven't seen them, you know, I get a lot of this on Twitter and stuff, but I, I just haven't seen them, I know Carl's out, I know D'Angelo's out, I haven't seen them really prioritize winning yet. And I think if you're a fan, going back to what Scott said, like, you know, th- th- do you want to make D'Angelo Russell happy? Do you want to keep Carl happy? At some point, you got to think in one of those meetings they have with all their whiteboards and Sash and Goop and all those guys, like, do they ever think, like, we got to make the fans happy? Like, we, I know they don't get to come to the arena right now, so they can't boo us, but like at some point we got to figure out a way to like to to boil this down and start grinding out some wins because this isn't the NBA has shown you this isn't football like you don't just go bad 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 rebuild and then go 13 and 3 like you're not just going to they're not going to be a 3 seed in in next season you have to kind of take your lumps especially when you're young um and if if, if we're not even seeing those those teenage years those growth spurts Um, it's going to be a long, long rebuild. So I I don't think it's going to be a long rebuild, but there's a good case to make that if they keep losing games, it's going to be an uphill battle.
0: Yeah, this was supposed to be the season where you take that next step to kind yep. of
2: like fringe playoff team,
0: probably on the outside looking in. And now it's like, man, they look like they're going to be a bottom five team again, even if, you know, best case scenario, like Carl comes back soon and plays all the other games. It's like, man, it's still going to be such an uphill climb to even be like sort of anywhere close to 500. So,
1: And at some point yeah. you get so bad and you're so far behind that the games don't become meaningful for development anymore. Like just teams like treat the whole game like garbage time and then so you don't even really get to see yeah. the team coming together and growing which is you know what hopefully we'd see in a lost season like this is that the team got better and so next season we have something to build off of but we even haven't had that this season so that's the thing I'm biggest the biggest worry I have for the rest of the season is uh, can we get Carl back in back soon enough that they can still play some meaningful games because at some point yeah. when we're so far out of it and we're getting to that point already then even when Towns is back we're not going to be able to do some meaningful stuff that we can build and grow off of.
0: Yeah, 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 totally. Well, and, and then we'll, yeah, let's we'll talk about a few more things here in the bad section. What, what players, I guess... Uh, have been who 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 we nominate as like the most disappointing players I mean I think Rubio Hernan Gomez and Lehman are are kind of some of the top three but maybe there's somebody else I mean maybe you could say Russell in some sorts of you know a different context you know as far as like we thought he'd be another level up maybe but I don't know Kyle what do you think about you know who has been the, when you think about who's the most disappointing player on this roster so far
2: I think my two, I think I'd start in the backcourt and end in the backcourt. And one of them would be production-wise, and one of them would just be, I don't want to say a, a personal critique. Vibe-wise.
0: Like, like with Ricky. like his, <laughs>
2: he, he he said it last night after the game. His game is broken. Like he just, his confidence isn't there. He's just, he, he wasn't the best finisher around the rim, but he has no risk to defenses when he's around the rim. He's taking these weird off-balance floaters. Um, I wrote about this in the game recap last night. In the month of January he's shooting seven percent from three. Oh no. Um, I was about is, to
1: say, has he even taken a three this month? Right. He's like not he, he's shooting seven
2: yeah. percent better than any of us on this pod from three. And it's just you can see it his shot looks a little Actually
1: my shot rough. percentage is one hundred percent because I have not
2: missed one yet. <laughs> so so I think he he's been he's been disappointing. Um because too, like, he'd been here before, right? Like he he's one of the reasons I think we're still you mean and the, all of us in, in Wolves fandom are still here because he was such a magical person he he elevated everyone around him he he made you know fascinating plays he always kind of made the right play he had a turnover or two but it was always just the the right pass this extra pass that you don't see um and he's just not doing that now and i know and again it's just this whirlwind of interconnectivity but some of that's on ryan because ryan's not putting him in the best spots to be successful um but yeah so one of them is ricky and then the other one's d'angelo russell from just a I don't know. I'm I'm not as out on D'Angelo Russell as others. I think he has a lot of skill, and I think for him he needs Carl there to to make up for some of his deficiencies. But I haven't. He's young too, man. Like it's weird as a 32 year old to critique hmm. a bunch of 24 year olds because eight years ago I was the worst version of myself. So I respect these guys as they're growing up, and you know it's tough to make millions and try to be a leader when maybe you're just not a leader. But I don't know with, with his quad contusion going on and some of the things he said post game. Um, you would just you would just kind of hope that he would say more of the right things and be a leader. Um, again, I'm not behind the scenes. I don't know if he's yeah. putting his arm around Ant's shoulder or something after games. He might be, but you would just want to see him. You know, they invested a lot to get this dude, man. Between a helicopter and a first round pick. <laughs> they, they rolled out the red carpet for First this and dude. Um, and when Carl comes back, if, if he doesn't elevate his teammates, like Ricky, Ricky used to do, um, I think he'll probably jet set up to the top of kind of everyone's bleep list on people. They, they don't like watching because he, he, he's a hard guy to watch too. It's a lot of isolation. It's not, you know, it's not Ricky Rubio making passes and making lobs. It's, it's a lot of one-on-one. Um, So those are my two guys. I mean, yeah, Jarrett Culver hasn't developed as much. Josh's three pointer is also broken, but um, I think those guys are going to be fine when Carl's back because, again, once once his face unlocks the iPhone, all the apps will start to perform better. But it's those two point guards that that stir the drink, and right now the drink is toxic.
0: Yeah, the other night uh, Jim Pete said that like Joshua Kogi was like the player who was most. You know, negatively affected by Carl's, you know, not being around. But I got to, th- I got to think that that's Russell, right? Like that's. I don't know. I just think he can be so much better. And and as we've brought it up a lot, like he's a screen and roll player. He needs he needs a, a, a great offensive player to set a pick for him and pick and pop or roll to the hoop. So I don't know. I still have a little bit of hope there. That well, I've also been disappointed Russell, but I do think his games going to go up in, in level when he does have Carl on the floor.
1: We talk about that pretty often because it's a great observation. He can't create. He doesn't have the athleticism to create his own shot okay. off the dribble unless it's like a you know pull up three or something. And that's another one of the reasons why it's just maddening that Rosas didn't think maybe we should have a second really good big man on this team. Yeah. Because without Carl, like you said, nobody's a positive screen setter. Like Ed Davis just at Davis, best is like an average yeah. screen setter.
0: No, he's good, but he's just not good at much else. <laughs> right.
1: And so it's just like we're setting up Russell to fail. Yeah. And I think that's pretty tough for him. Obviously he's getting paid the big bucks. We need him to, you know, do better, but he's also being put in a position where he can't possibly I have a, I got a new puppy. Mm -hmm. And I've been watching some puppy training videos and they say, put your puppy, don't set your puppy up for failure. Like, Sorry. only if something's distracting the puppy, don't try to train the puppy next to the distraction. You're setting it up for failure. Set your puppy up for success. We have not set D'Angelo Russell up for success. Right, right,
0: right, right, right. Um, this guy, did you have any more disappointing players beyond uh, what Kyle talked about there or, or anything? Any other any other guys you want to bring up?
1: Uh, well, while we're, while we're talking about disappointments, I just want to say, like, when we were coming into the season, you know, Rose Glasses, every team is going to e- yeah. Even the Cubs look great in this the preseason. Is, is always <laughs> yeah. a joke. In spring training, the Cubs are going to make it. But... You know, even with our most optimistic glasses, and we both predicted the Timberwolves would be hit the under. I predicted 29 wins. I think Neil predicted 28. So we were not, even with our starry eyes, we were not predicting greatness for this team. But one thing we thought was, you know what, we're going to possibly have the worst defense in the league, but we might have a top 10, top five. If things break right, like a top five offense, we have the 30th offense, which has been the shocking thing, 27th (laughs) on defense. So... Bad on both sides. We have the 30th net rating, which brings the question Are we the worst team in the league? I'll let you think about that for a second because I want answers on that. But the thing is, like, we always thought the offense would be there, which is kind of like the most disappointing part of the season. Like, we have one of the worst defenses in the league, and I still think it's better than I thought it was going to be. You know, like, our defense is terrible. And it's still better than I thought it would be coming into the season. I'm seeing some friskiness from some guys I expected nothing from. But it's just like seeing this team that was supposed to live by the offense and die on the defense just be the last in the league in offense has just been probably the biggest disappointment for me this season because I was at least expecting to see some fireworks. You know? Yeah,
0: yeah. And again, that's that's a lot of, you know, obviously Carl is the is the alpha and omega as far as the offense goes. And that'll turn that around. And even encouragingly in those four games, we saw some defensive improvements from Carl. So hopefully both those things will come up up. When uh, he gets back in the game, but to your question, you know, I, I think the Wolves are in the running for the worst team. It's either them or Washington. I mean, Washington, you know, they lost Thomas Bryant to a to an season-ending end, injury, and Westbrook they, hasn't been playing a Westbrook ton of games. Has been the Westbrook Wall trade has been a complete disaster for them, and they gave up a pick to get to get Westbrook. Yep. So Westbrook looks awful. And but you it's know,
1: also been a team that's missed so many games because of postponements yeah, yeah, and that's stuff. True. So yeah. you, they missed you, like a whole week. You, I could I could see a world where by the end of the season, the Wizards are better. Better than us. Yeah, you know, I, I the team for me is the Pistons. It's the Wolves or the Pistons. I think are worst. In Interesting. The league. Yeah. And yeah, right now, I you know, once again, if we had towns for all these games, we wouldn't be there. But in my opinion, we're the worst team in the NBA right now.
0: Um, we gotta we gotta wrap up this uh, you know this bad part of the season. But anything else you guys you want to bring up as any last things about what what has been you know distressing or, or really awful to you? Or do we do we cover it all? Do we get to all the bad things about this season? I mean, we didn't get to all of them. Well, we've here's had, one we've bad had COVID. thing:
1: COVID. It's tough. Karma. Karma. Whatever whatever mirror that Towns broke. Whatever ladder he walked under. Like. We have just had also, in terms of being, we're we're the worst team in the league, and we've also had some of the worst luck in the league. Can Carl Anthony Towns just catch a break, please? God, like... Are you listening? We Carl's had a really bad year. Can we not keep shoveling shit on top of him, please?
0: I guess like his first four years, we always remark Oh, he's so, he's so injury prone. Like you yeah. see, he's so like
1: it's 82, 82, 82, 77 yeah, games played he's, in his first four he years. He doesn't get
0: injured at all. He's he's like magnificent. And then yeah, now, now it's coming back around. That
1: was also the joke about Golden State. Was there during the dynasty years? It was like, man, you know, Steph Curry's ankles are holding up. They're never injured. Like yeah. they're, they're remarkably healthy. And then Katie and Clay and everything falls apart for the yep. Warriors, so yep. it's, it's just like asking. you know the bad luck as well. That's yeah. bad playing.
0: Yep, yep, things are bad right now. But uh, hey, listen, the rest of the show we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna turn around a little bit here. I don't know if the Wolves are gonna turn around, but in the rest of the show we're gonna we're gonna look to some of the bright spots and then into the future. Which yeah, if we haven't bummed
1: you well. out, stick around yeah. because the second <laughs> half of the show will be more pleasant
0: yeah but first uh, we're gonna break things up with the sponsor right here even though it's a different uh, style show for wolves cast we still gotta get into our sponsor um we, we always uh, like to you know you know shout out anybody who's helping support us financially um so let's jump right into that you guys steph curry is one of the greatest players in nba history This two-time MVP and three-time NBA champion has captured the hearts and minds of basketball fans around the globe. His excellence behind the three-point line and elite ball-handling ability makes him a one-man
1: wrecking crew. Simply watching the man play basketball is a religious experience. But what about the fan who wants more? What about those who wish to worship at the Altar of Curry? Well, you're in luck presenting the Anthony Edwards Steph Curry Fan Club. The Timberwolves' number one overall draft pick is
0: one of the world's preeminent stephologists and has decided to start a fan club. Join the club's founder and president, Anthony Edwards, in this exclusive new
1: group whose sole purpose is to sing the praises of Chef Curry. As a member, you'll gain access to a weekly Zoom meeting featuring Edwards as he calls Curry, quote, not fake news and continues to gush about Steph for five, ten minutes. And don't miss a special offer for Wolves Cats listeners. Join today and you'll receive an 8 by 10 inch Photoshopped image of Edwards hugging Curry.
0: The Anthony Edwards-Steph Curry fan club will only be accepting new members for a limited time only. So act now. Join the club.
1: Appreciate Steph Curry. Nerd out with Anthony Edwards. Thank you to the Anthony Edwards, Steph Curry fan club for their support of Wolvescast.
0: All right, thank you so much. And uh, yes, let's let's talk some positive things here. There, you know, it hasn't been all bad. We can. Uh, it's only been mostly bad, and we can definitely, uh, you know, look at the bright side of some some things that we've seen, uh, you know, that, that have been positive. So I think uh, I don't know. I think the number one thing we have to talk about is the number one overall uh, pick uh, the Wolves have had this year, Anthony Edwards. You know, he has uh, he's been up and down. He's missed a lot of shots. He's taken a lot of shots, but. Ultimately, I think the flashes have been the most impressive thing. I mean, I think in any rookie, that's kind of what you're looking at, even in a normal year. And, of course, this is no normal year. Anthony Edwards did not get to play in summer league. He hardly got any uh, training camp. It's been like the most wild year for rookies. But, you know, he's he's actually looked pretty good and has kind of really showed some uh, – some some promising you know attributes and you know ability to basically get to the rim at, you know against anybody really no one's been able to stop him there he stops himself by you know kind of missing the shot or maybe the big meets him there and he hasn't really figured out how to adjust and
1: or he know. tries to dunk back to back times on Quinn <Clint> Capella
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah totally so you know the, not not all the results have been there but I think the eye, he passes the eye test I guess is the best way to say it so I think Edwards is kind of um, the first place to start with kind of what he's shown Kyle what do you what what have you been most impressed with? I guess as far as uh, Edwards goes this year, and uh, what are you looking forward to? You know, seeing as we go forward with uh, with the, with the Rook.
2: If we're being honest, um, and this is probably because I'm a Wolves fan, I'm so used to losing. But when you say Anthony Edwards, and what's your first takeaway? My first takeaway is how awesome he is post game, or just in any media <laughs> thing. Like oh, yeah. he is yeah. such a good interview. Um, I, I say this out of dire respect, but like he's so young that he's almost. Kind of, you know, again, nineteen, right? He's too dumb to even kind of know what he's saying. That's so he either said something really funny, or like, there's been some times after games where like he's just kind of called it how it is. Like he's just been like, there was a quote he had last week about like they, I think they they won a game and they're like, can you can you keep doing this going forward? And he's like, well, it's up to the vets. Like they got to bring the energy. So mm-hmm. I think he's been just a breath of fresh air as someone who actually I got you know privileged to cover Andrew Wiggins a couple times and interview him. Um, He's when it comes to that comp, he's not Andrew Wiggins because he he says things that are juicy. Um, But then on the court, yeah, I mean, I live my life. This is probably embarrassing, but like I live my life just constantly making analogies and comparisons. And like this rookie class was already kind of deemed less talented, Um, but they also were behind the eight ball in terms of like no summer league, no practice. I think between the time Anthony Edwards got drafted and when he tipped off in the Timberwolves uniform, it was like three or four weeks. So it's like, I mean, imagine like anything, right? Like a doctor, I have a doctor friend who's gone to like seven or eight years of clinical rotations. Like just imagine going to college and then just like, hey, can you now on Tuesday do open heart surgery? Like that's what yeah. he had to do game two against Donovan Mitchell. So I, I think it's <laughs> been tough for him, but I've, I've been really impressed. Like I said, there's some really bad moments, but I thought his Golden State game on Wednesday was was the best he's ever looked. Um, he was engaged, he was but there's a really good video on Twitter. He's barking at uh, Draymond Green back and forth. <laughs> Love um, it. He, Love he, it. He, he has passion, man. And I think it's it's, it's refreshing, right? Because yes, they're losing again, for again and again. But I don't know if the Wolves have had a guy like that that I can remember. I mean, I guess granted, yeah. other than Jimmy Butler, but different age, different time in his career. So I've been really excited with Ant, and I think the shot will come. And I think my my biggest takeaway, and I'll, I'll pass it to you guys, is that there was that pre preseason quote where. They're like, why did you like Anthony Edwards? And there was a, a pre draft meeting where he was doing a workout and his his uh, trainer said, Hey, go go run these sets or these plays and like shoot these mid range jumpers. And Ant's like, No, no, no. You know, we don't do that in Minnesota. Um, and that one over Gers and one over Ryan. But you can see Ant's wheels in his head, his gears, every game he plays. You can see him like telling himself, like, Don't shoot this at the free throw line, don't shoot this jumper, attack the rim. I think that's been pretty cool. So the the analytics crowd is still very much down on him, but I think you can see him. He's just going to beat people up at the rim. And it's been he makes some seismic collisions against guys like Cantor or Gobert or, you know, even a Wiseman. So I've been really impressed by him. I think he was the the pick over ball over Wiseman. Um, and I think he's just the total package. And if he puts it together, man, that that's how you win in the league now. Like you gotta have ball handlers and wings. So I'm um, I'm smitten by Anthony Edwards. Like if 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 he was on the team, I'd be I'd be pretty sad. So do you are you guys Ant fans?
1: Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I, we've been, you know, talking even earlier on this podcast how Timberwolves' player development fails almost everyone who comes into the system. <laughs> yep. And I hope that's not the case cuz it seems like, you know, Carl Anthony Towns reached his level despite the Timberwolves, not because of them necessarily. And that's unfortunately the case with a lot of these guys. So I hope Anthony Edwards gets the development that we know like James Wiseman or some of these other rookies are going to get because I do think he has all the tools he needs to succeed. Um, shout out to SB Nation. Bop, 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 bop. Here's a little sponsor <laughs> ad for SB Nation. That's right. But uh, I saw an article today that was comparing Anthony Edwards and James Wiseman uh, and even uh, Canis Hupas' own Derek James contributed to the Edwards size of the mm. side of the report kind of comparing the two, but in the intro they said uh, about these two, of 250 players ranked by wins above replacement, Edwards ranks 243rd, and Wiseman ranks 233rd, and another all-in-one metric, uh, BPM on basketball reference that measures impact on the floor, Edwards is the worst player in the league, and Wiseman's also in the bottom 30, but the next line says, none of this is a surprise or even a real cause for concern, because it's That's the truth. Like, on, if you're looking at stats, the analytics, what's on the paper, he's shooting 35% from three and 30% from the field, or... No, 35% from the field and 30% from three. The numbers aren't there, but in terms of people who've watched every game, which, you know, we have, actually, because we're sick and twisted in some kind of way. I I just love broken things, but... (laughs) You know, when you see him, there's a lot of flashes where you're like, oh, he's so close to getting that. And he's also shown me things that I didn't know he had. That was the big thing early on in the season is that every game I watched, he showed me a skill that I didn't know he had that he's – Got some really good passing chops, you know, and he doesn't get a flash as much because he's always playing with like Ricky Rubio or these other, you know, ball dominant point guards. But his ability to see the floor, read the floor and make smart passes is way better than I thought he would. And, you know, he can get to the rim at will and it just seems like he's going to figure out how to get it to go in. His shot looks great. He just takes them, you know, sometimes at inopportune times and doesn't have the best shot selection. So I think all the talent in the world is there. I'm so happy we drafted him. I would not change that as of right now. Um, so I, I still think that the potential is there. And that's why he's in the good side of the column um, right now. And his attitude is great, too. Like I was saying on a previous podcast, it would worry me this kind of like overconfidence, this kind of like, you know, Nick Young, Jr. Smith kind of like overconfidence in yourself. But coming off of Culver and Okogie and so many guys on our roster who lack the basic confidence to take an open three when they have it, having a guy who's overconfident is kind of like a uh, burst of fresh air.
0: Yeah, it's refreshing in that kind of way. Yeah, so
1: ants definitely a positive here now, in the you, early season you put him in the good side so uh, yeah, we, i think we know there. how you feel about
0: yeah him. he's he's definitely there um, other other players I think have have surprised us. Nas Reed looking really good right now. Um, you know, obviously again much like last year, thrown into the starting lineup and replaced with Carl Anthony Towns after you know Carl's hurt or uh, sick or whatever. So you know, Nas over the last you know year has just started a lot, played a lot of minutes, and continues to look better and better. And we, we can uh, we can talk about all these guys. You know, Beasley is another guy. You know, I think the contract when he signed it, it yeah. raised a lot of eyebrows as far as oh. the— this much money for this guy? I don't know about that. And and he's, you know, and then the end of last season, you know, people wondered if the three-point shot was real or if that was just streaky. But they're continuing to go in. I guess I don't even know what his season, you know, number is for, you know, three-point percentage. But, man, he's taking a lot of threes and it seems like he's making a lot of threes. And then McDaniels as well, you know, that is someone who we thought would be an Iowa Wolf this year as, the you know, the young, uh, you know, end of the first round kind of draft pick guy. Um, Jaden McDaniels, but he's had to be thrown into the fire as well and is actually holding up really well. playing
1: layman and launcher. And 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 notably,
0: it's not just him making shots. He's like playing really well on defense, which you don't see a lot from rookies and especially, you know, super young guys like him. So Beasley's shooting 38% from three on seven and a half attempts. That's amazing. Like, that's really good. So we'll take that. So I don't know. Those are the next three guys I kind of want to talk about. You guys can kind of run with any of those Nas, Beasley, and McDaniels, or maybe somebody else. Kyle, what what do you think about those three guys? Or do you have a other sort of like uh, you know people you want to shout out is having having positive seasons all things considered this year
2: you know it's funny because when you when you like articulate it like you do and you write them down all the good it (laughs) the Timberwolves right now basically have like i'm a huge cooking channel guy but they basically have like all these (laughs) awesome side dishes right like Uh, beasley is like these awesome green beans then you have like (laughs) a really awesome salt and pepper shaker with ant and and mcdaniels if you have everything you just don't have like a a main course you have no you have no steak you have no chicken you have nothing you know so when you don't have that and all you're trying to live off of is salad and green beans and salt and pepper you're going to be four and 13 like it just it is what it is so but no I'm with you I think that we talked about this a little bit ago but like the Iowa Wolves guys have all just their development has been incredible um and it kind of goes back to you know should should the Iowa Wolves coach be the Wolves the Minnesota Timberwolves head coach because (laughs) Nas Reed is also not just a great human being, but I think Nas Reed is one of my favorite Timberwolves of all time because again, as a I don't know, is a scrawny guy who looks you know, has just gumby arms like Jaden McDaniels. Um, I was never really good at sports, but I don't think Nas Reed was really good at sports when he came into the NBA either. Um, I, I always preach this, but go back and look at I think it was twenty nineteen, you can watch Summer League film on YouTube. He couldn't jump over the free throw line. And I don't mean MJ style, like, from it. I'm talking about over. Like, he had no athleticism coming out to LSU. Wow. And the work he's put in on his body, I mean, he's a viable, viable backup center, making a couple stimulus checks a year um, for this team. <laughs> so, And he signed for, I think, two or three more years down the road. So he's been incredible. Somebody
1: made more money off GameStop what than Nas Reed is going to make over the next four years. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he's, so he's been incredible. Um, the Beasley stuff, too, I think I think a lot of people really were down on the Beasley amount. And then what, you know, like you said, quarter of the way into the season, go look at some of the deals that were signed. Like, go look at what Luke Kennard makes. Go look at what some of these other people make. And you start to be like, wow, Malik Beasley, I don't want to say he's underpaid, but he's been, again, I'm just a guy who loves energy and toughness and kind of having a little dog in you. That's why I'm so, I'm buying all the Anthony Edwards stock. I mean, I love Malik Beasley. He's been everything you want. And he, he, (laughs) it's crazy. He thinks he's the best player on the court every night. And I'm not just talking about for his team. Like, when they play the Lakers, he's like, I'm probably the best player on the, t- on, on the court right now. <laughs> you don't which, mind it.
0: It's all great. You want to have that have have idea in
2: your head. One, right, one mystery which, about... Oh, go ahead. I want you to... Oh, it's, to it's, a, to it's, it's the same reason you know, he's got a Larry O'Brien trophy picture in his locker room, and he, he wants to be all first team <laughs> defense. Like, if you're betting or you're shorting stocks, like, you should probably bet against him being all defense or winning a title anytime soon, but... That's also like you don't have that mentality in Minnesota for so many years. So I, I respect it. I think that's the only way you kind of build the, the Wiggins quote unquote winning culture is to have guys like that that have no fear. And I don't think Malik Beasley is scared of anyone.
1: Yeah, thank God for that photo of the Larry O'Brien in his locker because it's been great for the memes. A lot of people photoshopping <laughs> Larsa Pippen's face on that photo and stuff like that. It's been interesting. No, I was a person who I, I was deeply critical of the Wancho contract and pretty lukewarm on the Beasley contract. So I feel good to be wrong about the Beasley contract. It looks great. The thing that impresses me about him is we've seen players who can bring that hustle and energy and bravado and you know we're in a winning season. But as soon as the Timberwolves are kind of mm. out of it, it looks like we're tanking. Or even something like that. All of that goes away, and no one's bringing any energy, and except maybe Josh Okogie. But that's <laughs> the thing. You know, even in these games where we're out of it, or even at this time when we're clearly the worst team in the league. Beasley's still bringing it. He's still bringing that energy, and I admire him for that. So it, it makes it – and also bringing it on defense. That's probably the biggest thing about Beasley besides just like him keeping the shooting numbers up, him bringing the energy, but him bringing energy to defense. He's not a good defender, but unlike D'Lo, he tries hard. Yeah just that hustle and maybe it's more of a performative thing where he looks like he's trying hard so we add a little bit more to that whereas his actual production is he's still pretty bad but I appreciate it you know that's the kind of fight I like to see so I'm also you know a fan of what Malik Beasley has been bringing to the table so far I hope he can continue it even if this becomes a season where it's like you know we're we're 8 and in, in 40 and we're still asking people to bring it I hope he can continue to keep that same energy.
0: Any other uh, positive good things you guys want to bring up before we move on to the future? What, what, what else we talk about quickly uh here well, as far as you know bright if this, spots.
2: if this podcast can go six hours i'll, I'll talk about Jaden mcdaniel's <laughs> otherwise i'll save that but no i'm go a huge Jaden mcdaniel's fan i just i got to watch him out here once randomly uh washington was playing oregon oh, yeah. state so we, we drove down for a little one night abby could go back to her college and stuff and i mean again he was a college kid and put up like 16 but um <laughs> I, I got to do a lot of draft stuff because, again, I'm, I'm editing these articles that we're posting, and I, I knew more about these players than ever before, and I was really high on him. And then you know the draft night trade where they, they trade James Johnson in 17 for, for Rubio and two later picks, and they snag him in the first round. Um, I, I'm not good, I hate player comps, um, but I'm, I'd be lying to you guys, my friends, if I didn't. I've seen a couple things where people talk about he's, uh, he's a poor man's Kevin Durant, and I yeah. can't get that out of my brain. Yeah. Um, so he he has a long way to go to be that, but I just think he's got a guard's handle. Um, Tyler Medcalf today tweeted out about some of his defensive numbers, and he's like upper echelon of every defensive metric you can think. He's just from his arms go from the west coast to the east coast, and I think if they can find if they can find some of that Jarrett Culver protein powder to give him, um, I think he's a steal. <laughs> I mean, they drafted him at twenty eight, I believe. Uh, yeah, he, he's he's the type of guy that is kind of the prototypical four. To play along, Carl—that they've always wanted, right? Like he can stretch the floor, he can dribble, he can rebound, he can block. So he's—he's he's my favorite story, honestly. More than Nazri is just getting that guy chances. Uh, I think he—I think he's going to be special. Um, but I also might just have the deepest wine tinted glasses on. Forget
1: uh, you know the protein powder of Jared Culver. Let's get him Jared Vanderbilt's protein powder, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Talk about a guy who knows how to add mass. Uh, all that bulk. But, uh, yeah, no, I'm a big fan. It makes it easier because, you know, the, que- the second half of the draft was kind of questionable. You know, we felt good about Anthony Edwards. Obviously, the trading the 14 for Ricky Rubio feels kind of uh, suspect at this moment. I was a big fan on draft night. But you know, there's a lot of players who I liked. Uh, Trey Jones, he went where where we could have had him in our second round pick. Um, Xavier Tillman was a guy Jim Pete was pining over, you know. And there's a lot of guys that you're you could say, oh, we could have drafted that guy, but to have someone like McDaniel's at the 28th pick is like, oh my gosh. Well, actually, we may have found a treasure too. So you know, obviously with a body like that, there's a lot of development. His face, it looks like he either has two black eyes all the time or he never gets enough sleep. <laughs> he looks sleep-deprived every time I see him.
0: Sunken eyes.
1: Yeah, you can, I, hope it, I hope it's just a look and not that he's staying up playing Call of Duty like Andrew Wiggins too late <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or anything like that. But yeah. yeah, and you know, I guess this is what makes Culver so disappointing is the flashes we got of a new Culver because those few games where Anthony Edwards and Culver came off the bench and they were looking good, it was like, Wow, if these guys are NBA quality Wayne's, not not Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown level, but poor man version of both of those—how big would that be for the franchise? That could take this franchise from somewhere where we're like, it's going to be pretty tough to make a successful team to here during Carl Anthony Towns' window before you know he's going to demand a trade. To oh my gosh, if these two guys are hits, then we have a, we have an effing team here. And to see you know Culver just digress from that and just you know. How bad it's been the last couple of weeks for Culver has been a, a big, big bummer, but it does give me, a, you know, a little bit of hope for him, whereas previously I had none. So that's a, that's a silver lining of hope, maybe.
0: All right, let's get into real quickly, just talking about some things that we see for the future. You know, let's give let's give some fans some uh, some reason for hope, maybe. uh, Why why
1: should you continue to watch for the rest of the (laughs) season? Right? What is the point? We're not out of playoff contention yet, but once that happens, why should you keep tuning in?
0: Yeah, and I think the first thing is like to me, a lot of this, a lot of the team, and a lot of these games so far this year have just been sort of like they don't matter. Like if Carl's on the floor to a certain degree, a lot of this stuff doesn't matter. And so, um, you know, having a full team, which basically just means Carl and anybody else can be injured. I guess as long as Carl and Russell are out there, that's what we really want to see. And so that is like the even main... Russell could be injured <laughs> right. as long as Carl's yeah, out there. Yeah, so that's the main thing that we're looking at right now as far as like why you should watch what matters going forward is like to actually see what they have when the blueprint is all together here as far as having Carl plus Russell and spacing beyond that. So I feel like that's like the main reason to watch and the main thing to kind of be having your eyes out for here is just like what is this team when Carl is actually healthy? Unfortunately, we don't know when that's going to be. We thought maybe by now Carl would be back, you know, ten to fourteen days with COVID, but it can take guys longer. It can take it can take months at a time, So it's kind of scary to think about how long that might actually be. But at some point, we're going to get Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, back here so I think that's one main thing to look for yeah knock, knock on, on wood kn- knock on all hopefully wood. someday we'll get him back <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll get him back and I guess it's just like it doesn't seem like it can get any worse so I think like the law of averages <laughs> kind of coming back around here as far as being like all right this has to be one of the low points of the year sure they can still like lose a lot of games but for them not to even have their main guys on the floor like that's a whole other level of disappointment so I, I feel like at least they'll get their crew together at some point this year so that's for me what, what I'm looking forward to the future. What do you guys think, Kyle? What are you thinking for? What are you most looking forward to this season? We got the trade deadline coming up. You know, there's 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 stuff that could potentially be happening with coaching changes. Maybe I don't know. What do you see going forward here as the future for the Wolves in the next uh, few weeks, or kind of up until the halfway point, at least through th- this season?
2: Well, I know we, I know you guys joked about it in the beginning, but uh, this week has been all about the stock market. So mm-hmm. the Timberwolf stock has probably I mean we've all been around for for years and decades as fans there's an argument to be made that like this is the lowest the stock has ever been when yeah. you factor in future draft compensation and you know like you said maybe a Carl trade down the road and ryan and possibly selling the team um but my if I'm a car salesman my my first and foremost thing is that it I truly it can't get worse like I don't I can't <laughs> yeah. there's no iteration of how this could get any worse going forward because if Carl can come back healthy, and like I said, knock on wood, uh, from COVID, um, they're going to win games. And when I was doing my predictions preseason, my, my, my biggest takeaway was I thought the team would suck too in the first month. I didn't think it would be this bad, but I just thought the lack of chemistry and the lack of practice would would put them behind the eight ball. Um, but I kind of thought, and you'll see this definitely when, you know, when March Madness tips off, but you're going to see teams that just flat out, tank and they're gonna throw people under health and safety protocols they're gonna throw people under a various array of things but I think the wolves are gonna chalk up you know three four five six wins in a row a couple of different times in March and April um, and kind of get that kind of give you a something to look forward to for the next season because as you know as you were talking about it was it was never about this season even though it's been worse than we ever thought it was always about building something for next season um and I think Carl's gonna come back his wrist has two three more weeks to rest. I, I, you know, again, knock on wood, I don't think he can get COVID again. Um, Russell should be back. And you'll you'll be able to see, like, like yeah, I think Anthony Edwards has played 21 total minutes with Russell and Carl. Like, that's, that's preseason numbers. Um, wow. So I, I think just getting Carl back and seeing how this experiment goes, and then if it still sucks, then you have no excuse not to let Ryan go because that's what Glenn wants to do, right? He wants to see Ryan coach this team. And a new coach would bring a lot of energy to the fan base. Um, I'm... I'm I would bet my life that Gers is dying to trade some guys at, uh when trade season kind of picks up maybe that's a Wancho in March when he's he's eligible to be traded so I think I think the transactions everyone loves trades and you know, all that stuff so I think the transactions will be fun um and I also think too like I'm an eternal optimist but I was told for 31 and a half years that you know the Wolves have never moved up in the lottery because they hadn't uh, and then they did I cried it was a weird experience I was quarantined <laughs> and stuck at home and it was the one of the best moments of 2020 and there's no reason they can't win it again. So if you are starting to watch a lot of college basketball and you see some of these guys like Jalen Suggs, maybe he's, maybe he's a Timberwolf next year. So I think, I think they'll get the band back together. They'll start to win when other teams are just trying to lose. Um, And you'll get to kind of get a glimmer of what maybe what 2021, 2022 can, can be about. So
1: You truly are an optimist because you think the Wolves are going to try to win while other teams are losing. (laughs) I think if we get to that point and the Wolves don't have a bottom three record, they're going to aim for the bottom three record. But I guess there's a good case to be made. We'll stack up so many losses – that we're going to be guaranteed that bottom three record, and then in march and April we can we can try if there's still an nBA going on at that point yeah. because um yeah, I just think that you know it doesn't make a lot of uh percentage difference with the new lottery odds, but if we get a better percent chance of keeping our pick with the third for the third worst record versus the fourth worst record, I think this team is going to go for that third worst record um but yeah, you
2: know um I was going to say something uh, optimistic, but I'm uh, lost the words. And, and, and <laughs> he, that, that's a good point. I just you can't go there. <laughs> I think I think internally there's a little more heat than there ever has. I mean, I think Gurs was before the season tipped off was pretty much like ready to build the statue next to Sid because he had really done nothing wrong. Well, and he's he had, already you know,
1: done more than Sid, right? And
2: he'd gotten rid of Wiggins, and he'd done all these things. And he and I, I don't think again doing what I do on the side for Kanis and and you know talking to people. I the fan base is <clears throat> much less. Warm on him than they than they were this you know fall. Um, so I, I as it makes sense yeah to tank and stuff. But I don't know man. I think I think that pick has kind of forced them to be like listen. It might not make a lot of sense, but we have to maximize as many wins as we can because if we hand over the fourth pick, I mean I don't know. Like a, some people might not have <laughs> yeah. jobs this summer, so maybe <laughs> trying to make sure that they hand over the eighth pick so it doesn't look as bad. Um, yeah. But again, you're, you make a great point. I'm always an optimist, and I'm just kind of almost in denial because if it is the fourth pick they hand over to the Warriors and then they use that to trade for Giannis or Bradley Beale, <laughs> okay. I'll just start... I'll just be very sad.
1: <laughs> well, I think that, you know... I don't think we can reset the GM position again while Carl's here because Carl's got one or right, two more right. years here before he can start demanding to trade re- realistically. So I think it's the front office reset has been done as many times as you can. You can't do that again yeah. until you trade Carl. And then maybe if you're like, we're going to trade Carl, is Rose this the right guy for this? Or do we want to bring someone in who could get more uh, draft picks from someone back? But I, I also think that like, you could only reset the coach maybe one more time. Because it's the same thing. You need time to develop a relationship with that coach, build something, have that coach have a season of on-ramp so that he can really be excelling by his second season. So we can only reset the coach maybe one more time. And we can't reset the GM again during Carl's remaining years here if we want to salvage it. But uh, I wanted to give a quick shout out to the things I'm looking forward to. Broken records. Ricky is 11 games behind Anthony Peeler for seventh in games played. Cat is only 17 games behind Peeler. Ricky is 357 minutes behind love for 7th in minutes play. That's changing this year. A lot of different records. I guess I don't want to drag out the show. Uh, if we get to 29 if we get to 29 wins, here's my big thing every season. I want us to get to a 40% winning percentage, uh, we're the only franchise oh, yeah, yeah. maybe in sports I think that has a sub 40 winning percentage uh, in franchise history. And if we get 29 wins this year, we'll lift our franchise percentage instead of dragging it. Further underneath, there the we go, under mark you got have a scat
2: of the year, I did not yeah. know that
1: <laughs> uh, I've been keeping track of it, my friend, and, and like also, like i don 't think we have as many wins as a franchise as Tim Duncan has as a player yet, so that's another record I keep tracks on,
2: nice, yeah oh, I'm, I'm so, definitely yeah. drinking after this that's sad
1: <laughs> <laughs> we've been drinking during this because we are we
0: are old vets at yeah. this all right uh yeah let's let's wrap this thing up with the game we're gonna play a little little, uh, little game here scott's got it for us uh, kyle and i he- squaring off in some sort of game scott what, what is happening today for for the game it's not just uh, you quizzing me today we have a three-man pod and uh, you brought pencil you brought pens and paper what's happening here What's going to happen for today's game.
1: Well, we last did this game when we had an editor in chief of Canis Hoopus on our Canis <laughs> Hoopus on our show. All of our blogging partners too. Oh yeah, you know, especially Canis Slick. They, they, they've been there for a long time discovering the Timberwolves. And so when Go. I get when I get an editor, especially the editor in chief on the show, it's spelling bee time. You oh. you're always you know editing, checking the spellings and stuff. So I expect to you know have a kind of a handling of some of the spellings. I'm not gonna ask you the worst, like I, I uh, just said over our break. I'm not gonna ask you about Nemanja Bielitza right now. Maybe we'll save that for the IG. So I'm, I, I'm writing extra questions every week to post on the Instagram, so you can get some bonus questions for following us at Pod. <laughs> There's
0: been some hard ones. Here. Is it Wolf's
1: Cast Pod or Wolfspot? It's yeah. Wolfscast. Cast Pod. Wolf's Cast Pod. Right. Yep. IG. Anyway, so I have five. Timberwolves' names for you, and you're going to try and spell them for me. You can write them down on your paper, but I'm going to have to re- have you read it out loud. I want you to do first and last names. Oh, okay.
0: okay. Both names.
1: Yep. There's only one that's going to be challenging with <laughs> the first time, I think. But, uh, we're going to get started. Uh, you know, I like to do this usually with players on the squad, uh, but this year we have a very easy to spell roster, actually. Mm-hmm. You know, Hernan Gomez, like you can kind of sound it out, sound you know, out, McLaughlin, yeah. you can kind of sound that out too, but here's the name I've decided on from this year's squad. I want you both to spell Jared Vanderbilt for me. Ooh. Jared Vanderbilt. So I'll give you a moment to write it down, and then I'll have you read off your answers, and we'll see who's right about that. Okay, yeah.
0: This is uh, this is a tough one, because there's uh, there's some similar names on the team.
1: And this is this the year. only one where I'm like, might struggle on the first name. We'll see.
0: Okay, I think uh, I'm, I'm gonna go first. Kyle, you cool with that? Yep. Alright, I think, I believe it is uh, J-A-R-E-D... V a n d e r b i l t. Okay, Jared I'm, Vanderbilt. I'm not
1: going to correct you right now because I don't want to give any advantage to going. So, Kyle, did you
0: have anything different than that?
2: This is this is cheating because uh, Jake Painting wrote an article today on Jared Vanderbilt, but it's J a r r. Oh. And then Vanderbilt V a n d e r b i l t. <sighs> That's why we have the editor-in-chief
1: answering these (laughs) questions. He had to edit an article about Jared. It's two R's in the first name. Well,
0: I know for for Culver, it's two R's, two T's.
1: That one's top. Jared, Jared, Jalen, Jalen, Jada. All the J's on this team. We have seven players on the team whose first name starts with J, eight who don't. So half of our team is J's. Dang. All right. All right. Kyle's up. Next up, this is an old friend of the pod, uh, our friend, Gorgie Jane. A name that would be hard to spell for people who aren't a fan of the Timberwolves, but we've seen that name. We've all typed that name enough time. I, I have I, I have confidence <laughs> in both of you. Uh, Gorgie. Gorgie Jang. That's right. My phone autocorrects to Gorgie Jane. That's how many times I've texted
0: Oh, man. Gorgie Jang. Gorgie Jenga. All
1: right, well, whoever's ready can go
2: first. I'll do this one first. I, uh... It's random, but I I have the image of the tweet that he sent at Dane years back when he basically challenged Dane to one on one. So good. And it was it's G O R G U I, and then Jang is D I E N G.
0: And Neil, what do you have? I had the right. I had the first name right, but I drew a blank on the last name. So I did. I forgot about the about the, about the starts of the D. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I had I had Gorgi correct, but then I just had. G-E-I-N-G so, yeah. It's all been, right. This one is, yeah, this one's a tough one. It's, it's a, uh, yeah, I, I, again, I'm just, I was just drawing a blank, but it's also just like, yeah, you, you know them at the time, but then once they moved on, it can slip away. You it's, know, it's, so.
1: For all those playing at home, it's easier to do at home when you don't have the bright lights of yeah. competition staring at <laughs> yeah, you. But are yes. recording live. Uh, Kyle is two for two. Oh, man. So far. I'm 0 for two. All right. Here's our next guy, also all over the Timberwolves Records mm-hmm. book. His name is Tom Gugliotta. How oh, you spell no. Tom Gugliata See here's the thing Is you know That was Really early KG days So I'm not sure You know, you know As a fan of North Dakota As a kid was Falling asleep on the rides home <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna remember How do you spell Gugliata
0: I'm struggling At one point in this Oh man I'm spelling it out To like visualize it. I'm doing it Two different ways here To see if I can Get it right uh, Okay Alright I'm gonna, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go first I think I got it here Kyle you good Yep Okay, T O M, Tom. And then Googliata, I'm gonna go G U G O L I 1 T A. Googliata. Okay.
2: Kyle? I had T O M, I'm confident there. And then for Googliata, I had G U G L I O T T A. I went double T.
1: Double T is correct. Yes. Oh, I had
0: I had G U G O L I T A where you went
2: G U G
1: Gugliata Yeah. Googleiata That was a
2: shot in the dark. Wow. All right. Well, this is rough.
1: Talking about uh, diff- disappointing drafts in Timberwolves history, we had the worst record in the league in the Shaq draft. We fell to three, so we couldn't draft Shack. We couldn't draft Alonzo Mourning. Instead, we drafted Christian Leitner Can you spell Christian Leitner? No, D O U C H E will not count.
0: I think I know this one. I'm actually not really sure about the first name. Hmm. Uh,
1: There's no tricks in the first name. Okay, cool. I have that right then.
0: Kyle, you want you want to surf this one first?
2: I'm 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 right on Christian. It's C H R I S T I A N, and then and then Leitner. I got, uh, this is so wrong. I got L-A-T-T-N-E-R. Okay. okay. All right. I have uh, L-A-E-T-T-N-E-R.
0: What oh, a... about that? All right. There's I got one. one. There's an okay. a a. E. Oh, there you go. Meals on the board. I think I have his jersey, so maybe that's maybe that's why I've seen it sort of recently or whatever. L-A-E-T-T-N-E-R.
1: All right. Well, this is the final boss. I saved the hardest one for last. Whew. Everyone listening, there's no shame in not knowing this one. It's literally like the hardest name, okay? not Eddie Eby or anything like <laughs> Eddie the- Eby? <laughs> no. Okay, everybody. You knew it was coming. Uh, Wally Serbiak. Oh, no. How do you spell Wally? Uh, Real name Walter. Wally Serbiak. And once again, I have it in front of me And I probably still couldn't spell it That's how hard it is Oh man, what a last name Jeez. I have have a
0: really good guess I I think I'll stop short of saying I got it right But I think I'm very close Do you have a Wally jersey? I don't, I don't, number 10, right? Yeah? I don't have it, I gotta get one of those Alright Kyle, I'll go first here Wally
1: Zerbiak.
0: You ready for it? You ready for it? Let's Kyle? do it. All right. Wally, W A L L Y. That's probably not his real first name, right? That's it's probably, Walter. 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 You know, Walter. And then uh, Zerbiak, I'm going to go S C Z E Z E R B I A K.
2: Okay. Kyle? Okay, so Wally, W A L L Y, Zerbiak. I'm going to go S C Z E R. B I A K.
1: Well, gentlemen, you're both wrong. Oh! Kyle (laughs) Kyle was only a letter off, and here's the hardest Uh, part of the name. There's two Z's. There are two Z's. You put them in the wrong place. Uh, The hard part of the name is S Z Uh. S Z C Z. So the first four letters are S Z C Z E R B I A K. Damn, it's a high degree of difficulty. Too shy on
2: knowing there's two Z's. That's (laughs) okay. Put that in
1: the Scripps National Spelling Bee and ruin a lot of elementary school kids' <laughs> dreams right there because that is a nonsensical name, everybody. All right. But hey, listeners at home, I'm sure you did better because uh, you know, you're know you all very smart. But if you want to continue to challenge your spelling knowledge, check out IG, Instagram, uh, Wolf's Cast Pod. We're going to have five more delightfully Ooh. difficult Timberwolves names to spell, and we'll see how you do. Absolutely. There it is. We well, yeah, So, yes, yeah, final score, Kyle three, Neil one. Ah,
0: that's right. Well, it turns out the editor is uh, the better speller. I think that's I think the, that's how it should be. The editor is
1: better at spelling than the podcaster. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah,
0: yeah, that that, uh, that fits.
1: But hey, you pronounced his name right. So on the podcasting side, <laughs> you pronounced Kyle's name right. <laughs> and, uh, there's something to be said for pronunciation. That's for right. Podcasters. It doesn't
0: matter in writing if, yeah. you, if you can pronounce Taigi. Uh, but yeah, we got it. Um, but yes, Kyle, thank you so much for uh, for 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 being uh, you know your your first uh, your first guest uh, starring job here on wolves cast you did a great you did a great job thanks for chilling with us killing and, it on the uh, metaphors
1: i love oh, the carl yeah. anthony towns face unlocking the iphone that was way better yep. than my sports and, car that only he could drive and also, also the side dishes for the entree man what a descriptive way although for me personally at thanksgiving i don't even eat the turkey i love all the <laughs> side dishes more maybe that's why i'm a Wolves fan <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah totally but yeah kyle thank you so much for being on the show appreciate you please let's let's talk a little about canis quick here please uh plug uh plug away on uh you know we do this every episode so i feel like we got it pretty well covered but tell us what you're excited about with canis and what we can look forward to as far as the website um goes going forward here
2: yeah no uh canissupas.com i um, trying to pump out daily you know ever since i took over in april of 2020 trying to put out daily content um we've got this podcast which is an absolute must every friday morning it's i kind of mix it with Two cups of coffee, and it's a great way to start the weekend. Um, we got paint points. We got the Dane Moore NBA pod, and then we have a slew of different writers. Um, and we're, like I said before, we're just trying to come at it from a variety of different angles. We've got X's and O's breakdowns. We've got film rooms. We've also got people just making a hundred, you know, or fifteen hundred words of puns. So it's a really <laughs> fun website. The community um, is awesome. I mean, there's a lot of cool people in the comment section talking about things from recipes to politics to, you know, different technological devices. They They've been working on, so it's it's a cool it's a cool group, um, and it it makes all this worth it because it's like I said before. Not to, I'm a sap, you, you guys know that from from reading my stuff, but uh, it's just about the friendships and the relationships you make during all this up and down seasons, and uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. I think it's the best. I think it's the best Timberwolves site out there, um, and oh, it's, it's, it's it's fun to to read every night uh, and every morning after games. So
1: we should publish a Canis Hoopus cookbook. I think there's been enough recipes over the years.
2: I I honestly, that's such a random thing you said, because uh, I think we're trying to work on one. Now that I know how to use Google Docs more, um, I think we're going to try to put one together and try to print one out this summer. So be on the lookout. And if you're listening to this, uh, shoot me some recipes. (laughs) Awesome. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, yes,
0: and yeah, we'll have uh, plenty more great content coming out, and uh, you know more episodes of Wolves Cast here in the next uh, quarter of the season as we work up to the halfway point here.
1: Yeah, next week, kind of a big number for us. So yeah. we'll see you back here next week for the 150th episode. Absolutely,
0: and uh, yeah, thanks again to Kyle for being on the show, and we'll see everybody next week. Thank you. Who was the best golfer of the Timberwolves contingent that you played with this summer? Well. Josh Akogi is a complete beginner, so that was interesting. Um, yeah, that was an odyssey to, to see uh, Josh try to hit the ball off the tee um, and really came to the
1: clubs with no, came to the golf course with no golf clubs. So that that shows you like it <laughs> how committed he was.